I said, you were doing amazing. Keep going. <laughs> I, I, so I, I was still alive, huh? <laughs> I was like, man, I don't want to screw his, his thing up. I don't know if I'm live or what's going on, but I'll just keep talking. Yeah, you alive. Um, so first and foremost, man, prof prof talking about having a professional on, you just kept the ball going. I was like, man, he's good. He didn't freak out or nothing. Yeah, my everything went blank and shut down. Um, that has happened to me once before. I'm kind of afraid my MacBook might be uh, on the way out. Um, but I want to start and go back to the beginning of how you got into um, the trust and the, the protection that it offers. Like, what was the, what? How did that door open for you? Sure. So years ago. Um, <laughs> Years ago, I, I like to tell this story, uh, and, and um, I'm, I had this manufacturing business, and it was my first acquisition, and I was working the crazy hours like a lot of entrepreneurs do, and it felt like I was running in sand, right? Because all the money that I was making got it had to be poured back into new equipment and whatnot, and, and it seemed like everybody around me was getting richer. Vendors were getting richer. Employees were getting richer. The government was getting richer. I was doing it, doing it, but it felt like, man, I should be getting a lot farther ahead than I was, right? And then I started hearing uh, these stories about Warren Buffett saying that yeah, he paid a lower marginal income tax rate than his own secretary. And then I remember back in, was it uh, the 2012 election, I think it was, when Obama ran against... Uh, Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney, I think he made like $20 million that year. And his, as if I recall, right, um, his tax rate was about 12% that he paid and everybody was outraged. And I was like, well, he's not in jail. So this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. He's doing something. What is he doing? And so um, I, you know, I always wondered this and I do a little research here and there. And I, I found a, a group of people that shared this system with me and they've been doing it for years. This look, this system has been around since 1913. And, um, and that's when the IRS code was made. Now the difference was right around, if you go back to the turn of the century, about 95% of Americans work for themselves. They're apprentices or doctors or lawyers. And only 5% of people work for companies. Now we flip-flop them, right? 95% of people are W-2 employees. Only 5% of us are entrepreneurs. So for this to work, this system to work, yeah, first of all, you have to own your own business. That's the first thing that, that has to happen on this. Um, and so I found that this out. And I, I worked for a few years. And then as I started becoming a, a business coach, I was at an event. And one of the participants had stood up and, and was talking with the moderator and said, man, I'm getting hammered on taxes. I got to figure this out. And the moderator goes, I got that figured out too. So I bumped into the moderator at lunch and I, and I said, hey, do you use this trust and foundation system? He goes, yep. And so I bumped into this, the guy that asked the question or made the comment. And I said, hey, let's grab dinner. And I'll show you how this works. So I wrote literally sketched it on a napkin sketch for him. He goes, can you set this up for me? Let me think on it. And so then I went out and I found some people that could work with and, and make sure all the T's were crossed and 
the eyes were dotted and said, yeah, we, I can, I can quarterback this through for you. And we did. And so here we are three years later, um, helping people to defer their taxes indefinitely. Um, for me to really show how this works, I would, I really need to have a whiteboard pressing, but basically <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, we set your LLC up. So let's say it was your company. We'd set your LLC up. So you own 1% of it. And we have a, a, a specific type of trust, business trust that owns 99%. Now the IRS will tell you that you can't just have an entity that's a pass-through entity. They don't like that. There has to be a reason that that entity exists. So that business trust is set up for asset protection. And so what ends up happening is the vet, you're going to pay yourself just enough to pay for food, fun, and fashion for your W-2 income. So you're going to say you made a million dollars, but you can live off a hundred thousand. You pay yourself a hundred thousand dollars salary. The rest of it distributes over to your business trust as distribution income. And then that trust is owned by a family trust where you hold all your personal assets in it. And the way that income dives down, this is where I started talking about that income goes for the business trust, the family trust. And when it does, it's investment income. And that's where the IRS tells you an investment income. You get to determine as the trustee, whether it's an asset or if it's income. If it's income, you pay taxes. If it's an asset, it sits there and it defers. Well, if we don't have to pay taxes on it, why would we? And the interesting thing about when you, when you dive into this, it's interesting Preston, because I'm a business person. I'm not a tax person. Okay, I work with a, a CPA and he's also an enrolled agent, which is the highest level of tax certification the IRS gives out. And so he'll actually do all the taxes for you and all that. I train business people how to use this system to maximize their, their saving with the ultimate idea that I want to I want to encourage them to give back to society more. So it's this whole concept of you're going to spend the money on taxes. Imagine if you're sitting at your desk and you're going to write a $100,000 check to the IRS. Just what are the emotions behind that? I mean, are you happy that you're going to send your $100,000 off to the swamp? I don't care what side you're on. Yeah, it's, no matter who we vote for, everybody agrees it's a swamp. Right? Or, and then, and then imagine you got to do that next year and the next year. And a decade goes by, in my simple scenario, and you, and you spent a million, you've taken a million dollars and you've expensed it out to the IRS and oh I paid my fair share well I don't know very many business owners that are happy about that check and feel like they've paid their fair share it sure feels like we're paying more than our fair share but what if there was a way that instead of doing that you could take those dollars and you could put it toward the people and causes you care about most whether it's your family your church um, other charitable causes. And so that's what we show people how to do. Entrepreneurs, I shouldn't just say people, it's entrepreneurs because you can be making $10 million in W-2 income and, and, we, and this won't work for you. Right. What's the average income or revenue that you're, well, not, not even your client, what, what will be the, the, the entry level? So an entry level would be around $400,000 in taxable income. Now we can set people up for less and, and you definitely can, but we put a, a guarantee on it. And it's basically, 
you're going to save as much money in taxes the first full year you put this in place or we refund the difference. So if we tell you, hey, it's going to cost you $75,000 and you give us the money, we train you up, it's full first full year in and you still make the $400,000 and you only save $65,000, we're going to give $10,000 back to you. But we haven't had to do that yet. Because we, we're, we're, we're pretty confident in the numbers and then um, when we're running them up front. And, and we'll also have, um, we'll do some analysis of your, your previous year's tax returns. So if you want to know where you think you're going to be, you send Matt, the CPA, enrolled agent, the, the tax returns, and he'll do the analysis and say, here's where we think you, here's what you would have saved had you been in this system within mm -hmm. a range, right? So uh, it's it's relatively risk free uh, because you're gonna like I say you're gonna you're gonna either expense that in the first year that seventy five thousand and give it to the IRS or you're gonna invest it you're gonna invest it because the next year you're not paying us now there may be some there's some other things that Matt offers in the back end bookkeeping services and things of that nature but that's that's we're talking a five hundred dollar a month expenditure beyond that and some clients would like to do that some say no i'll do it on my own whatever they like you know but i uh, love this concept because i get to work with business owners and entrepreneurs and help them be mitt romney right <laughs> how long does the process typically take uh, once they contact you to set up the entity um we like to to get about four weeks so we're in a space right now where um, if somebody wants to get something done before the end of the year, it's going to be pretty tight. Uh, there's probably some things we can do to, uh, to get the, the tax numbers set up because the, the, the biggest thing is right now to get it set up for the end of the year is sometimes it takes these banks about two weeks to look at the trust and improve your trust setup. Um, and it's pretty pain-free for the client. You know, they're going to give us their information that we need to get set up. We're going to get all the, the, the entities set up, the trust created. The client's going to get a, a, a giant binder with a, a, a bunch of just line item. Here's what you need to do with QR codes to show videos and stuff. It's pretty simple. And it sound, may sound like a lot of work when we're talking here, but really all we want you to do is get that binder, go get your bank accounts up, and then we're going to work with you. Mm. And um, you can familiarize yourself with all the trainings in there, or you, you, you jump on a phone call with me or one of the other people on the team, and we walk you through it. And we're with you for the year, that whole first, first full year. We're with you making sure that you, you know, you're crossing the T's and dotting the I's because the money's got to flow through this system in a specific way. Right. You know. So, for, let's say I, I have a revenue from my company of 400000 and 100000 100, of that was going to go to taxes. Um, let's say this is year two and I've already paid for your services. The $100,000 that I would have paid in taxes, how does that money sit? Does it sit? in an account or is it dispersed to nonprofits with them you know we'll get into more in depth where does that money typically go right a lot of different options for folks so one of the things that you're going to do is in this system is you're going to give up ownership of everything i wanted to let that sit for a second i want everybody to think about this 
That means you're no longer going to own your house. You're no longer going to own your car. You're not even going to own that business, right? I just said you're going to give 99% of your business away at 1%. Now, why do we do that? It's asset protection, first of all. If they sue you, Presley, for anything, you don't own anything anymore. You're a trustee. Here's the thing. You, you gave up ownership, but you never gave up control because it's inside a trust. And it's a comp, it's an irrevocable, com complex irrevocable trust, which means you can't undo it, right? When somebody else, your way this sets up, but most people set up a revocable trust. What happens if, if you get sued and you have a revocable trust and you lose, then the winner of the lawsuit can essentially step into your shoes and, and disperse those assets as they see fit. In this case, they can no longer do that the way this trust is set up. Um, so your question was, where does that money sit? There's a lot of different options. Some people will keep it in a business trust and they'll buy business assets. So like when I had a manufacturing business, if I needed to buy a new truck, a new laser, uh, a new press brake, I would buy that piece of equipment, have it sit inside of my business trust, and then I lease it back to my LLC or my LLC leases it from me. So the, the funds go in this circle. So if that, anything happens to that business, the assets held outside that business. That's the first piece. If you're talking about investing, you can, we have some folks that buy real estate. And so most real estate investors, and I think that's a lot of the folks you deal with, right? As real estate investors, they'll set up an LLC for each property. So we have them do the same thing. You'll set up an LLC, but instead we're going to set it up as this 1%, 99% structure inside of the trust once again. And then the income off of that can flow into your family trust for your private residence is held and inside that family trust uh, your mortgage taxes insurance uh, maintenance utilities for your house all paid with pre-tax dollars just like when you have a business and you have to pay rent on your building same thing that the money's flowing through it has to pay for those those expenses your health care expenses your out-of-pocket health care expenses paid for by the family trust um, education for the children paid for by the family trust. It's set up in that family trust so your children are the beneficiaries. So the beautiful thing is when I say indefinitely, that it defers taxes indefinitely, indefinitely could be tomorrow. Tomorrow you decide, hey, I want to go on a fifth, I want to go rent a private jet and go on a birthday party. It's 50 grand. I need the money. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you pull it out of your family trust. That's a taxable event. You're going to pay taxes on it. Um, but, uh, it could be forever indefinitely could be forever. If you never did that, now it's your children. They take over the trust and then it's your grandchildren. They take over the trust and it just goes on and it can spin off other trusts or allowed within this as well. Um, so when I say indefinitely, indefinitely, it's just basically whenever the trustee decides to distribute money out to a beneficiary, that's when it becomes a taxable event. Hmm. Have you seen one industry or individuals from any particular industry uh, gravitate towards this more than any other industry? Um, no, I wouldn't say there's one industry. I know in the last couple of years, the, the folks that were in the mortgage industry did really well with this. You know, there's so much business going on in the mortgage industry that if you just put your nose in the grindstone and hustled, he had a lot of money on the table. And um, I know one fella, we had a couple 
couple of people in the last year that had saved over a half a million dollars. Mm. I say saved, I should say that use the different word, deferred right. over half a million dollars, which means it can sit in investment accounts and it can grow like your 401k pre-tax. Right? Right. So it's, it's growing. Um, one of the other tools that's really powerful inside this, and this is where um, we would align you with uh, the, the be your own bank fellas. And, and that's somebody, Presley, that I think uh, Chris Noggle is somebody you should really talk to. I mean, he will, basically what he does, he does something that's gonna blow your client's mind, but then what we do is like putting turbochargers on, okay? But one of the things he does is he, I'm not a life insurance guy, but he is, uh, but he'll create uh, these whole life policies. And then you put paid up additions in there. And then the money continues to compound indefinite, uh, uninterrupted, even if you take loans out against it. So you have a hundred thousand dollars in there and you're making 6% on it every year. And if you pull out a hundred thousand to take a loan against it, it's still going to compound inside your, your policy as if it was still sitting there. So it's a really powerful tool. Oh, I was actually going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's another way. So if you needed to take that $50,000 joyride for your birthday, you could take a loan off your life insurance policy. And then it's backed by the death benefit on the policy. It's funny you, you say that because we actually have a... Um, a client of ours on the, on the team um, is coming back from, I, I won't disclose where, but somewhere in Cali to Texas every weekend. And it's about 40 grand, 40, yeah, roughly 40 grand a trip. <laughs> so yeah, uh, nail, nail on the head there. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get there soon. I'm not quite at a uh, 40 grand a weekend to travel, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there soon. Well, you remember I'm in Houston too, so just I, I'm I'm just a car ride away from the airport too. So when you, when you got that private jet, I'll serve cocktails for you. <laughs> what side of town are you on? I'm I'm down uh, in Siena. Okay, it's nice down there. Yeah. Um, I was looking to see if. Uh, if my partner has joined, sometimes he joins and sometimes he doesn't. Um, do you see, and this is all opinionated because nobody knows, but do you see uh, the tax code or anything changing with uh, the upcoming administration, whoever that might be? Yeah, I don't think so. Here's the other thing. Um, I mean, you never know, right? But the reason I don't think this is going to change is because both sides use this. Mm -hmm. uh, this was the uber elite and wealthy. And, and basically the way the story goes on this was Congress was needed to put in, uh, wanted to create, create taxes back in 1913. And I'm trying to, I'll try to remember the numbers. It was uh, the, the, the lowest rate was 1%. And the highest rate was going to be 7%. And you had to make, I think it was $14 million in today's dollars to, to have a 7% tax rate. And I think the it was 1% for $500,000 in today's dollars. And the rich were like, no way. We're not paying 7% in taxes. <laughs> we're not doing it. 
And back then, you know, it was the, the elite that put people in Congress. And so they, they capitulated and they came up with the trust and foundation system. They said, that's fine. You don't have to pay these taxes, but you can't own stuff anymore. And so this piece of the tax code is, uh, I'd have to get into it with Matt again, but I think it's like 10 to 15 pages long. And it's been the same 10 to 15 pages since, 20, uh, since 1913. Wow. And in the meantime, what they've done is they created this way to tax the middle class and they continue to tax the middle class over and over and over. And that's where they get the money from is. Uh, and here's another little uh, secret behind this. For those of you that are making that, that $400,000 a year or more in taxable income, you are, you likely to get audited on average about 2.5% of the time. I'm winging the number a little bit roughly there, which means about every 40 years, if you're making that kind of money, you're going to get audited. That's not too bad. You know, that's twice in your lifetime, maybe. Um, if it's inside of a trust, you have a 0.1% chance. Wow. So once every thousand years. That's crazy. Do they kind so, of look at it like it's, it's, it's a waste of time to try to dig around with trust because it's too protected? Uh, you know, I don't know really what the reasoning behind that is. Um, I found that was an interesting stat. I, I found that about 18 months ago. And I just, it just blew me away. I just went, wow. You know, um, and then there's an, another thing like some of these trusts, like most of the, for, for the way that many of my clients do this, the business trust, it's an asset holding, it holds assets, but any of the income that it makes through, through the year, it all gets distributed down into the family trust, which means that that trust shows $0 in taxable income on its, on its return. Anyway, and then the, the same thing with the family trust. It's got a lot of expenses that are being paid to pre-tax dollars. And then if you're smart, you'll stuff your, your life insurance policies full of cash. It's an, an investment and it's a non-taxable event. So maybe it's just that, you know, if you get audited, they're going to just make sure that you, you're crossing the T's and dotting the I's. But look, um, what we tell folks is hide nothing, protect everything. That's our motto, right? We're not going to hide anything from the IRS. So many business owners will go, I've got this seminar out in Vegas and it's on a Thursday. So I'm going to fly first class with my wife out to the seminar in Vegas. And then um, she's going to have a spa day and all this stuff when I'm at, at the event. And then we're going to stay all weekend long and come home. And they expense the entire trip, wife, meals, spa, everything to the business. Well, every all all business owners are on some kind of spectrum. Some say absolutely uh, the the early on in your career, like I will never do that, and then by the end you're like, oh yeah, we're going multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, everybody has their owners, yeah, yeah, that they that they hide inside of their their income statements, right? But we tell folks, let's just stop playing that game. If you're going to Vegas, then you go and and. It, you pay for your portion on the business and pay for the other part with for your wife off the side. Let's not, we're already going to be reducing our taxes so much. Let's not worry about that. That's, you know, tripping over uh, 
dollars to pick up pennies the way I look at it. So hide nothing. We're going to tell the IRS, I made this dollar, and I went and put it from here to here, and here to here, and here to here. I'm going to be transparent on where it went. And then protect everything as this whole app, this whole structure protects everything because you no longer own it. Uh, the beauty behind all of that is that you can be remain in integrity with yourself. You don't have to play these games. You know, so many of us in business, we start, it's when you feel like you've been taken advantage of from the government that you start paying for that trip with your business. Um, and, and we no longer need to do that. And um, ultimately what it boils down to, Presley, inside of this is you get to determine how much tax you're willing to pay. And what's the fair share according to you and, and your heart and integrity. And look, I, I, you know, our, our newest foundation is called the secret to living is giving and stole that right, right from Tony Robbins. <laughs> um, it, it's a story he told, and, but I believe it, you know, if, uh, if you are able to give back more to society, more comes back to you. Same kind of lesson I teach to my daughters. You can't run out of love. So if you give more love, you'll get more back. Right. But if you try to hoard it, and you won't have any. Correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it, inversely proportional? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, how many people in the trust setup uh, would one need? Is, are you able to do this as one person or did you have, you know, two or three people that you trust or invest in the family that gets put in there? Uh, so your family trust is going to be, uh, the way we're setting it up, it's either an individual is going to set it up um, and be the trustee or it's a husband and wife team that's going, going to have it. Um, I suppose you could set, eventually, I guess they could get large, large enough. I mean, the Rockefellers have been doing this for years. And if you look, they have their family retreat every year and hundreds of them go to this, right? I can't tell you exactly how they're set up. I don't know if they spit and they still have one trust. And look, I'm, I'm first generation. My clients are first generation doing this. So um, by the time we're on the second, third generations, I'm going to be gone. And that's going to be for my team's teams to figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know it, it happens. And I, I've, I've seen the IRS uh, tax returns on it. And I'm, I can make an assumption that somebody like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton or the Clintons both use this. You know, they both have their own private foundations. Uh, Trump never filed a private tax return for years until he needed a, uh, a casino. And I don't know if you remember that debate. And, and, and Hillary brings up the fact that he never filed these tax returns until, until he needed a casino. And she goes, you know what that makes him? And he goes, that makes me smart. And I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. He's, he'd be in jail if he was doing something wrong. Here's yeah. the thing that everybody should be aware of on this. There are two, and this is what the first guy that I, the first enrolled agent that I worked with when I got set up, I was like, this sounds too good to be true. And I don't want to spend any time in the federal fun house. And, and he said, he said, JP, there's two words you need to be familiar with. And one is tax evasion and one is tax avoidance. 
Evasion is when you hide things from the government, you don't tell them it happened. That's evasion, that gets you in jail, right? Now, that's why our motto is hide nothing. We're not hiding anything. There's no evasion here. Tax avoidance is expected. And you can find quotes from, from justices that tell you this, but if you even look at the IRS tax code, there is about something like uh, 30 pages, 30 pages that tell you how to pay your taxes in the whole 10,000, 20, hundreds of thousands of pages. Sorry, I got an auto light here. Let me, a hundred thousand pages or whatever. There's only about 30 pages on telling you how to pay your taxes. The rest of the code is how to avoid paying taxes. Wow. And the government does this for economic reasons. They, they you know, you get a, a child tax credit. Why? Because they want to have, have that middle-class people funneling money back for certain things, or there might be a, a gas credit or um, an electric car credit. So um, they, they're encouraging people to buy electric cars because they want society to change a certain way. So the it's really interesting that the code, as I've learned this over the last few years, it's really designed to change the behavior of the society by giving tax breaks. Right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, what would you say, if there is any, um, the best time of year to do this? Um, I'd say the earlier in the year. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, when would, when would now be a good time to do it? <laughs> so is uh, we had we had one client last year that got it set up in January is able to make a move and save $50,000, right? Right within, or sorry, did I say January and December? Got it done in December. Right within the last week of the year, so it can be done. We've got another fellow that we're working with right now that, uh, if he gets set up for the end of the year, he's got a million dollar uh, extra check coming in from a deal that he brokered, and that because he won't need any of that for food, fun, or fashion, he'll be able to protect a hundred percent of that five that that million dollars. That would save him without taking our fee into account. It would save him five hundred forty thousand dollars. Mm. in one month so um it would definitely be in your best interest to have the phone call um and, and um and see if it works for you it doesn't work for everybody i just had a call yesterday with a fellow that i was certain was going to work and as soon as he told me how everything was set up i'm like it's, it's not going to work um mm. there's some other things that we could do to help him down capital gains this is the other piece on this is if you want to avoid capital gains, you have these assets inside your business trust. So here's an example. A client had uh, a business that he was going to, he sold, going to take an $800,000 gain on it. So before he sold it, we set up his share of the company in this 1%, 99% structure. He got the $800,000 gain, $8,000 uh, $8, had to go to his personal tax return. So he paid Capital gains on 8,000, 1%, right? 792,000 went to the business trust. And then it was reinvested back inside of the family trust where he's avoiding uh, taxes indefinitely. Hmm. Indefinitely. Otherwise, that that move, that if he hadn't made that move, that would have cost him $160,000 in taxes right there. Wow. At 20%. So 
Would you suggest this over a 1031? Yeah, so this is what I tell people. Oh, that's the part of the, the, the uh, presentation. <laughs> exactly. What I tell folks is inside of the 1031 space versus 1041 is the 1041 is going to eliminate 99% of the gain. This kind of showed you guys how that works. And 100% of the pain. You don't need to worry about switching properties out. You don't need to find a property in 45 days and oops, it fell through and now I'm hosed. I'm going to have to pay that gain. You don't have to, you don't have to monkey around with it. Um, you know, the one thing is with the, the 1031, you don't have a big $75,000 roughly, uh, depending on the complexity of your system. Um, you don't have this big fee to set it up. Um, you can do that on the down low, but, um, but in this case, that femur is one time. So we're looking at people that are high net worth, not high net worth, high tax dollar earners or payers. And so they can understand, hey, I'm going to pay this anyway. Let's get paid one year as an investment. And now we're going to start putting some hay in the bar because we're not going to, we're going to defer those taxes forever. And think about you're paying your kids to college education with pre-tax dollars. I know there's some what 529 plans out there for college education. You don't need that anymore. You control it. It's the same thing. You no, no, no longer need your four, a 401k. We keep being told by the government that we need to take our money and give it to somebody else and lose control over it. And oh, if an emergency happens and I need it back, I got to pay taxes and penalties to get my little money back out. Yeah. We don't have to do that anymore. We can control our money. And if we do pull it out for personal reasons, we'd have to pay some tax on it, but we don't have to pay penalties. And then, like I say, there's still some ways around, to, you know, putting it into a life insurance policy and pulling it out of there as a loan. There's no tax paid on a loan. So there's other things that we can do. And our my team and Matt's team work with uh, our clients uh, when they have those unique situations that come up. There's a lot of fun stuff. I have one client that uses his the 501c3 as, as a bank as well to buy Airbnb properties. And then the property is making money back in the business trust and the money flows right back through. It's just this big circle. Under it's a 501c3? Like, what's that? Under a 501c3? Yeah, so the 501c3 is owned by... Uh, or the only only place you're going to put money into your 501c3 is through your family trust. You personally, let's say you have it, Preston, you personally put zero money into it. Your family trust does, okay? Because you personally didn't pull money out and put money into it, you can take money out in the form of a loan. Now, normally you can't do that because it's called self-dealing. So if you put money into a 501c3 personally, you can't ever take a loan out of self-dealing, but you never put money in there. Your family trusted. Right. And so now you got to say you have a million dollars sitting inside your 501c3. You want to buy a piece of real estate. You can loan that out to another LLC called the Airbnb LLC. You set it up in that 1%, 99% structure. The loan payment is made back to the 501c3. The profits flow back into the business trust and the family trust and potentially even back into the charity as well. And so you're able to avoid the uh, scams of banks and stuff. And one last thing I want to say about this life insurance policy, why it's so powerful. If you doubt for a minute the power of life insurance policies, 
research who the largest life insurance policy holders are in the country. And you'll find that they're all banks like Wells Fargo, US Bank, Bank of America, Chase. They have, they have, I'm talking like hundreds of billions of dollars that they own in life insurance policies because they play this game inside the banking system as well. It's really incredible. Wow. Yeah. So I'm scratching the surface on that because that's not my expertise. But I tell you what, you, you, like I said, I, after this call, Presley, uh, let's re, uh, reach out to me and let me get you in touch with Chris Noggle because he will definitely blow your, uh, your crew's mind here with the be your own bank system for sure. Man, I keep I keep checking to see if my uh, my partner joins because um, I know he would have some questions or more than anything probably just clarify stuff on on, on my end the audience because he kind of does a lot of this stuff. He's our securities attorney. He's our partner as well, but our securities attorney on the team. Uh, let me turn this off. Um, well, normally I would ask, um, you know, how this stuff started impacting your life, but you're more so providing service. Um, I typically interview investors and how um, they grew, you know, in their business or investments or apartments or whatever. Uh, but in this case, you're providing a specific service. So most important thing um, how do you want people to reach out to you um, if they don't come in January? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the best way to reach out to uh, the, the, the man that runs my schedule, his, his email is gp at archonusa.com. It's A-R-C-H-O-N-U-S-A.com. And let me see where I've got his uh, phone number here real quick. It is uh, 503-702-6630. And then you can also find us at archonusa.com on the web. And uh, there's all, all of our different programs on there. Um, and ultimately, we end up turning you all this over to Matt Jones, CPA. And um, eventually, uh, there's going to be another, we're, we're in the, in the, in discussions right now on bringing on a whole C another CPA firm through acquisition, um, because we're just finding our clients are saying, hey, we want one-stop shop. We want you to set this up. We want to keep it. You want us to do the books and keep us in compliance. We want you to do our taxes. Um, then, then hey, we got this extra money. Who can set us up with investments? We know we got the, these partners over here. We're not, we're not invest. We're not an investment house. You know. And then, oh, how do I? What can I do inside of life insurance? Let's go over here. So we're building up a community of, of folks that, you know, the other thing is on this, we do a, a, a monthly call the first Tuesday of every month. And it's open where we do some basic training on this or we folks will come that are in the group and they've got some kind of advanced issue they want to discuss and they can bring it to the community. So everybody's growing and learning. We record those chop those up in the Q&A and have QR codes. So we're continually adding to this, um, to the information that our clients can get so they can they can get onto the, the site and, and 
do it. Like I say, they can look at the uh, FAQ page, but instead of just having a typed up answer, they can hit the QR code and they can watch the three minute to 15 minute discussion on their question. Wow, that's pretty smart. cool. That's very smart. Um, I have a, a dumbed down version of that with uh, uh, FAQs on the website and, and some videos and stuff, but that's, that's a genius idea. That's a really, really good idea. Um, last question for you. Um, what have you found the reason to be, because you, you're dealing with only accredited investors for the most part. I can't imagine that it would even make sense financially for a non-accredited investor um, uh, to, to do business with you guys or use your services. What reason have you found for the accredited, accredited investors that you deal with or just high net worth people that their resources, CPAs, attorneys, whatever, have not told them about this product or this uh, I, process? I think most folks, what I'm finding in the CPA space in, in particular, is they've been trained up to find the deductions and make the deductions. Remember that tax code's 100,000 pages. And so they all live in the same space. Now, when I first found out about this, I was with one of the top 10 accounting firms uh, in the country doing our, our taxes for our manufacturing business. And I called up Lenny when I heard about this. And, he, and his, I just, I, I couldn't see him because of the phone call, but I could just imagine his eyes glazed over. And it was a, it's a blue ocean space. And frankly, a lot, what we're doing is bringing this down. It's not, Preston, you don't need to be an accredited investor for us. I'm not an investment place. I, I am a, a, strategy, a strategy for entrepreneurs to defer taxes. Now, beyond that, they, they can go find their own investment people. I've got some folks that I'll recommend, but I'm, I'm not tied in. I don't get paid by those folks. Um, I'm interested in the business owner that is the small business owner, you know, it can go up to as, as large as whatever, but the small business owner that can make that difference that we want to make in our own lives by getting into business, taking the risk, being willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, or 95% of Americans aren't willing to do, you know, putting ourselves out there. Nobody understands it, the phrase, uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown except for the man writing the payroll checks or the woman writing the payroll <laughs> checks, right? Then they understand it. When people, when my guys would go home on Friday, we had a manufacturing shop. So I had all these blue collar workers when they'd go home to go to go buy their six pack on Friday, their weekend was over. And mine wasn't because even if I was home, my mind is thinking about what problem I've got, right? Yeah. And so this is a way for, for me to bring peace to, to the people that I care about, the, the small business entrepreneurs. Now, there are um, accounting firms that are set up as family office firms, right? You heard that term before? Where, I was going to ask you how, if you funnel, not funnel, <laughs> not a good word to use, but if you direct or seen anybody direct uh, their money into a family office or create a family office from it. Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. Matter of fact, the guy that's uh, been working with us the last couple of years, he got into this about 20 years ago when a couple nine figure net worth uh, 
families hired him to do this and trained him up on it. And because their family had been doing it for generations. And he's just, we was their family office in essence. And then he would take a few other clients off the side as well. And so I worked with him. Um, but generally that's what the high net worth people, this is what they're doing. They have a family office that's running all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we're not there yet. We're, um, you know, like say three years in on this, on this piece and we're just uh we're we've got some i'm really excited about next year and what we're bringing on with the the whole accounting act with the cpa acquisition uh partnering with matt on that piece as well and um what we're being, going to be able to do building up the network of companies that work together to help that help the small business owner hey look when i was in manufacturing i need to focus on manufacturing I needed somebody else to take care of all this stuff. We want to be that, we want to be that easy button for them. Right. Yeah. Um, let, let's, let's end the show with, with uh, tell us from your grand experience, what are some of the gold nuggets and the secrets of how you were able to collapse your time? <laughs> oh man, it's simple. This is really simple, Presley. Find out, Find somebody that has done something that you want to do and get in proximity with them one way or the other and model them, model what they did. Success leaves clues, right? So um, I can't think of uh, something right off the top of my head that could align with somebody. If, if you, this guy right back here, <laughs> the goat, sure. right? Well, I don't know if he's the goat. He's the second goat for his position anyway, but the mama mentality, right? Find out what somebody's done, model them in collapse time and just be willing to out hustle anybody for that period of time. And then you can set yourself up to be a business owner that is directing the shots and being a true entrepreneur. Um, instead of being, you get to, you'll, I mean, if you're working with me on the business end of things, I'm gonna help show you how to Create the machine on your business so it runs itself so that you are working on the business end of the business. The business is working for you instead of you working for the business and just having a, hopefully a high paying job. But that's what a lot of us get into. You know, I remember my first, my first business, uh, when I first got into that, I went five years without a vacation, first five years. Hmm. And when I look back, I go, man, if I'd have found a, uh, somebody in inside of that space that I could have modeled, I could have collapsed that down to a couple of years easily. Right. Right. So find somebody who's been there and done that and model them and collapse the time. That's the biggest piece. Wow. I will, I will definitely, uh, it's like you, you were reading my email. I sent a couple of emails out today and that's what I, that's one of my things, uh, success leaves clues. So I got all these books here. I'm looking for the clues. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, man. That's exactly what it is. So, um, Presley, thanks, thanks for inviting me on this. And uh, man, I'm, I'm loving your gold nuggets, man. I can't wait to uh, to dive dive deeper and uh, be one of your clients. All right, <laughs> great. Well, I would appreciate that. And uh, hey, we need to. Uh, we're we're since we're here in town anyway, we need to go grab grab lunch or something soon. I'm I'm already on top of it. I'm about to uh, text my assistant. You, you know Julie. I'm about yeah. to uh, contact Julie and have her set up something with you guys. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, brother, man. Thanks for inviting me. You have a great evening. You too. I'll see you next time. Bye. Okay. Take care.